Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. We have news for you all. Yeah, we are so excited to share that as so many of you have asked for us to host more than just one week-long immersive experience, we are bringing another retreat into the fold this year. And this time we're headed to Nosara, Costa Rica, June 3rd through 10th. Yeah. We heard you. We heard you. We're doing more. We're trying. (laughs) This time, though, we're actually bringing in two of our dear friends and colleagues to come along with us and join the party. So we're going to have Ashley Torrent and Millie Murillo there. Um, And honestly, the four of us together, I don't know, our powers combined, drawing from our collective work in the healing modalities of psychotherapy, coaching, mediumship, astrology, somatic movement, group processing, all the things. We'll be supporting you all in reclaiming every aspect of the most fulfilling life you can possibly live. It's going to be such a transformational week. I'm so excited already. And if you are interested in learning more, you can go to the link in either of our social bios or head over to Vanessa's website at vanessabennett.com. And we have payment plans available for this one as well. Yeah, definitely hit me up on email if you want to know more about that. We are super excited and we hope to see you all there. Hello, everybody. Very, very excited about the conversation we had today. Um, I went through all the range of emotions, I will say. <laughs> it's a very interesting episode. Um, so today, we, Danae and I had on Danny Morrill. Um, mm. So he is a world-renowned business strategist and entrepreneur turned life coach and spiritual guide. Uh, he actually was a real estate mogul which is fascinating. His story is very interesting, like came up from nothing, you know, made it big as a real estate mogul. Uh, and then he kind of what he calls, you know, discovered his true calling, which you'll hear him mm-hmm. discuss in a little bit of his background. But now that he is really fully standing in that power, right? He does so much. So obviously you'll see him on social media, but he has all these amazing coaching programs, live seminars. Po- he has a podcast um, that he says instills the very principles he followed as he built a leveraged business. But what's funny is that when he talks, you almost don't hear any of the business in there. But what you realize is that essentially what he's saying is when you live from these principles, it unlocks across all the different areas of your life, right? And so mm-hmm. I was even like, I wonder what this combination is, like the entrepreneur business into spiritual coach. And now after talking to him, I can see exactly what that is. Yeah. I don't even have the words. I feel like there was so much emotion that came to the surface in this conversation with Danny. He speaks such profound truths. He is so in alignment with, um, you know, just the essence of his soul. And I feel like I said that to him at the end of our conversation, I think this conversation speaks for itself. He is such a gift in the way that he's showing up for this life. Um, he's certainly been someone that I just love his work and love the way he's showing up. It's so inspiring to me. So yeah. I'm excited he is here. I um I have to say I was both pleasantly not surprised because I follow his work too and I, I kind of know his message, but I was I was pleasantly um 
I don't know what, I guess what the other word I'm thinking of is, but pleasantly surprised, but also challenged. Right. Mm. And so I am going to put words to, like I said in the, in the interview, I said something like, I know I'm going to say it because I know I'm not the only one feeling it. You might be challenged by this episode. Mm. Uh, there might be some stuff in this episode that makes you feel defensive, feel some sort of way, anger. Uh, and, and I would just say, be gentle with yourself and sit with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't make it wrong or bad. It also doesn't make what he's saying wrong or bad. It just means that there is activation there. Right. And like Danae and I would always say, if there's activation there, then it's worthy of questioning. It's worthy of sitting with and, and looking inward. And that doesn't mean that you have to then accept everything he's saying is truth either. That's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm saying is there's something to be curious about. And I, I think it's important to say that because I do think this is going to be a challenging episode for a lot of people. Um, because it was kind of a challenging episode for me and I'm okay mm -hmm. with that. I'm also not sitting here saying well, like, well, everything he is saying is true and I have to then believe it. I'm just saying it brings up some <laughs> stuff to look at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you all enjoy. I, I will say too, one more caveat. And I feel like I need to say this is that because you and actually, Danae, you and I haven't really talked about this specific topic at all in any other episode. He did bring up uh, plant medicine. Mm. And I we just did. Want Remember, we had someone on who talked about A long time ago. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. And I, I do want to say, too, um, I guess this is like the the licensed therapist and me just saying, like, that is not the, the journey for everybody. Uh, I think it it is for some people. It is not for others. Um, and I, I don't want it to be misconstrued that we are kind of saying like, everybody should do this thing or like, this is the way to go for everybody because I don't personally believe that either. While I do believe there's a lot of profound healing to be had there, I don't believe that's, that's the journey for all. Um, and so I just wanted to say that. We well, I wouldn't say anything is a should for anyone, but I would say that I think our approach, and I don't want to speak for you, but I would say is more in alignment with like doing some of the plant medicine journeys um, with the support of it being an integrated experience and someone holding space. I think doing some of these journeys by yourself would be a little bit my hesitation. And I, I certainly don't think that's what Danny is describing at all. Um, and I know that he is also someone who's a very much a proponent of doing them in like a responsible, um, safe way. But yeah, I think that similar to what you were saying before, anything that there is some resistance that comes up that is worth being curious about and maybe where there's some ego activation there for us to dig a little bit deeper into. Right? Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, buckle up. This is just such a profoundly incredible conversation. So excited to have him. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Um, I am officially fangirling a little bit. Vanessa and I were talking before we jumped on with Danny, and I was telling her just how excited I have been for today. Danny, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to meet you. I was just going to say, I literally feel the excitement, so I'm excited Aww. to be here too. <laughs> <laughs> we feel each other's energy. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I feel like there's so much about your path and your story that has just so deeply resonated for me and been supportive of me and my journey up to this point. And um, yeah, as we're so excited to talk to you, I'd love to hear a little bit about the aspects of your path that I don't know that much about, I know that you had a really successful career in real estate and you've sort of transitioned into being a really potent spiritual thought leader. So I'd love if you'd tell us a little bit about, you know, how that transition came about, um, what it, what it looked like on your end. What was that? What was that? What was that catalyst for you? Right? Like, how'd you get to be who you are, where, what you're doing right now? Yeah. 
I, I, you know, the, 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 the truest thing that is coming up for me to say in this very moment right now mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. uh, that I am just now finally being who I really am, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the encouraging thing to anybody that is listening is that they can also go on a journey and discover who it is that they really are and what it is that they really have to offer to the world and mm-hmm. what their truest spiritual gifting is. Because I know that it's this like catchy phrase to be able to say that, you know, uh, we aren't human beings having a spiritual uh, uh, journey. We are spiritual beings having a human journey. But when you finally understand that, and yes. what I mean to the depths of your heart, your soul, your being this lifetime and all of your lifetimes understand that, when you mm-hmm. finally go deep into the cosmos and truly understand like that and 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 its reality is that we truly are spiritual beings having an, a human experience, you know? Mm. And, and so that's the little caveat that I have to say, right? And so that mm. means that, you know, whatever I do, or for that matter, whatever any human being does, you can do as well. And we're all one and we're all equal, you know, and we're all just, you know, beautiful mirrors for each other, really. Um, mm. But how it all started for me was, yeah, I was a successful real estate broker. I was an asshole, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> I was like this just highly competitive, driven um, individual who whose whole life's purpose was to win, to be famous, to to like make a lot of money, to to have a lot of stuff. Because mm-hmm. the little boy within me was hurt. You know, the mm-hmm. little boy within me never received love when he was a little boy. And so he was always seeking for love. So I was always seeking for more success, more power, uh, more fancy clothes, um, uh, more gold watches, more fancy cars, and that elusive, the one, the woman mm-hmm. of my dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and all of that is external, guys. You know, all of that is external. And what I never realized back then is that when you are living a life that is external and when you are living a life where you're constantly focused on what's outside of you, you're running. You're mm-hmm. essentially running. You're running from yourself. You're running from your heart. You're running from the present moment and you are seeking outside of you. And, you know, the shit hit the fan for me when my mom passed away. And when I held her in my arms and I, I realized that she was gone and that I never really loved her and that we really never knew how to express love to each other. And we never really knew how to like, just be loving, you know? And I, 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 I asked myself some tough questions and and the one was, do you really love yourself? And that Mm. opened up a can and the second was, are you happy? And that opened up a can of worms. And that's when my journey really began. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's powerful to hear you say that. And I, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are going to resonate with that. I, I had just like a visceral response to that, like thinking about that moment where you have somebody that you love that's that's leaving this plane and thinking like, were we ever really able to connect in a loving and soulful way. And I, I would say a lot of people would experience the answer to be no in a lot of our mm-hmm. relationships. 
I mean, I, I'm literally going through my head going, oh, there's a couple of relationships actually that if it ended tomorrow, I would probably say the same. And mm-hmm. that's- yeah. And you know, the, you know, the crazy thing is Vanessa is that, and, and this is that we, what we don't realize as human beings is that, you know, the way that you are with your parents and the way that you are with your friends is essentially not only the way that you are with your partner, but it's the energy in which you are attracting a partner or a future partner from. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the moment of the biggest awakening, like picture this, right? I'm like this highly Christian, like I go to church every week. I'm a good boy. I don't ever, I would never have an affair. Like I, I, I do everything the right way. That was me. That was me. Right. Um, because, because what I didn't realize was my whole life was based off of other people's approval of me. Mm-hmm. And so you see when other people's approval of you is more important than your approval of yourself, guess what starts to happen? You start to live a false reality and you start to create a false reflection and image of who it is that you really are. And so the moment of truth came when I finally realized like, oh my God, I'm not happy. And then when I took that further and I had the courage to ask a little bit further or what the next question was, the next question was, well, what parts of your life are not making you happy? And the fr- it shot out like about your relationship. I was like, oh, but I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck. I can't because I, I, I'm, I'm married and you know, the church says that I can't do it. And if I did, it was sin. And all of these little things started coming up inside of me in my head. And then in my heart, it was like, yeah, but you're not happy and you never have been. And does this mean you're going to live your entire life and die someday not happy? Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that's, guys, when things get really real. Things get really, really real when you have when you have the ability to be courageous enough to ask yourself tough questions like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's when everything, it just, it kind of all happened from there, quite frankly. Because I realized, guys, I realized that the partner that I was with was perfect for me based off of my wounded mm-hmm. self. Yeah. You, under, you understand that? Yeah. And so as I became a newer version of myself, I knew, I knew that that partner energetically was a complete mismatch for me. I knew it. Right. I knew it. Right. And then and it was, a, am I, I going to have the courage right. to like, yeah, as a, yeah, and I for them, by the way, and I for them. Right. And the most selfish thing that I could have done after 13 years of marriage, I was just talking to a, a friend who's, who's going through a divorce right now. And, and I, I invited him over and I just shared some thoughts with him. I said, I said, this most selfish thing I could have done, you know, was to stay in something where I knew that as a man, I could not provide the love that she deserved. Mm -hmm. And that's not only selfish to me and to her, but it's selfish to my children because Mm -hmm. I knew I just wasn't capable of it. It just wasn't, it just wasn't in our cards to be that way. And so what was I going to do? Was I going to do what my grandfather did to my grandmother? Which is just, and, and was I going to do what most men do to most women, which is just keep them there to keep this picture on the outside mm-hmm. and celebrate 
every 10 years with the little cake and the little fake bullshit kiss talking about mm. 10 more years woohoo and your ego feels good because you've been married all these years but deep inside you know you're not happy i just didn't want to live that life yeah i kind of wanted to go back to something you said that similar to what vanessa was saying really took my breath away danny when you were talking about your mom and you said did i ever really love her mm. and i think to me, what's so profound about that is Vanessa and I were talking right before you came on about how so much of what we're conditioned to believe about love in general is really these forms of attachment that don't really have a lot to do with the person that we perceive that we are loving, but the attachment that we feel like we need for survival. And I think so often our original caregivers are such a primary example of that, but that is often how we continue to love throughout our lives, not loving based on who this person in front of me is, but based on what I believe that I need to take from them energetically in order to feel whole. Mm -hmm. And I'd love if you would say some more about, you know, your understanding about that, because I think it's such a profound reframing of what we are starting to understand we are not doing, you know, that we are not loving one another. Um, no, not really. Because we don't love ourselves. Mm -hmm because we don't fully accept ourselves because we don't fully know ourselves yes. because we're afraid. Mm -hmm. There's only two energies that a human being can live from. They can live from love or fear. There's only two energies that we as a collective can live from, from love or fear. That's it. Mm -hmm. And some people will say, Oh, well, life is not so black and white. And what about the gray? <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. If you narrow down every thought that you have in that crazy mind of yours, it is either coming from some sort of love or fear. Mm -hmm. Love or fear. That's, right. That's all it is. And so what happens is, is that a human being's journey here in the 3D world is to get back, right? And not all human beings will have the the ability to have this journey, but this is why the collective consciousness is reawakening right now because there's a whole bunch of darkness coming in right now and there's a whole bunch of manipulation and there's a whole bunch of control that is happening right now because control leads to power and power leads to profitability. And this is why the collective consciousness is awakening right now. This is why we're having conversations like this one right now on this podcast. Right. This is why more people are talking about meditation and yoga and plant medicine and, and breath work and all the things, right? Mm -hmm. Is because the consciousness is shifting away from the consciousness of fear controlled by the masculine, controlled by the mind or the wounded right. masculine and is now returning to the feminine and is now That's returning right. to the heart. Right. And when we all as a human race can do that, we will be sovereign beings that are no longer able to be controlled. And mm -hmm. that is the goal. And that is what has to happen. Because if not, you let what these crazy people on TV are trying to do to all of us right now, you let them run amok. This thing is going to get pretty scary. Mm -hmm. I mean, this it's going to get pretty right? scary. It's already there. It's all oh, I I've seen the plan played out over the next hundred years. It gets pretty rough. Sure. Yeah. Like it's pretty rough, but to return back to your question is when you're afraid to love yourself for who you are. And when you're afraid to know yourself for who you are, listen, cut the shit irrelevant of what the church says, mm. irrelevant of what your mom says, 
irrelevant of what your dad says or what the TV says or what society says or what all of these boundaries, rules, and restrictions that you are under. Because when you are controlled by that, you're being controlled in your mind. You have no idea what love is. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what love is. If you're marrying somebody because the church says that you cannot have sex without marriage, why are you marrying them? Because you're horny and because you want to have sex. <laughs> you're, not, you're not marrying them because you love them. And you're not marrying them because you love yourself. Because if you knew yourself and you loved yourself, you wouldn't let anybody control you or manipulate you. That's how powerful you are. But the opposite side of that is that's how afraid we are and that's how weak we are. So control senses out and seeks fear and goes, hey, I'll plant this little thought. Boom. Mm -hmm. You cannot have sex before you get married. And then it locks you into something. It locks you into something at 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 years old where you have no idea who you mm -hmm. are. And then you're stuck because you're mm -hmm. stuck by these boundaries and these set of limitations that has been created for you. The beauty of it is that's the journey. Yeah. The journey to self-discovery is once you have the courage to say, I'm no longer going to live life by these set of rules and restrictions. I'm going to follow what's in here, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can do that with a partner. But I will tell you is that you'll never be able to love another human being until you first discover how to love yourself. I've heard, <laughs> I feel like I want to do that all the time when you're talking to Danny, but there's a question I want to ask you because this is something that I sit with often and I'm not a hundred percent clear. I mean, I have, I have my perspective, but a lot of don't agree with me. I don't know that I think that we can truly show up in right relationship with loving another until we get to that space with ourselves. Like you hear people so often say, it's not true that you can't love someone else until you love yourself. I kind of feel like until we go into the fire of getting to like come into right relationship with, you know, to me, what is the only secure attachment we have, which is the attachment to the divine and the highest version of ourselves. I don't know. So I'm asking this because I think quite often, you know, I'm primarily a couples therapist and I wonder sometimes, can people do this while they're in relationship with one another from your perspective? Or do we sort of need to like... <laughs> separate yeah. the union and like come back together when we've done this work internally. Yeah. You know, and I, what I, what, I love talking to you about this, but because you're an actual therapist, mm. right? For couples, I'm just a human being. Mm. I'm just a human being who was absolutely miserable with himself. I'm just a human being who was running away from love. I'm just a human being who was blocking love. I'm a human being that was scared of love because mm -hmm. I never received it as a little boy. And I'm a human being who, who created relationships in his life based off of that fear. And then I'm a human being that went on the journey, the journey to the depths of his heart and soul. I'm a human being that faced every single fear you can imagine. Yeah, that one too. And I went in and I went in and I went in and I went in. And then I saw a woman that just like captured me and, mm -hmm. and I fell in love with her and I waited for her for three years. And in those three years, I just kept wanting to find out more of myself and more of myself. And I went deeper and deeper and deeper. And then I met her. 
And I realized in meeting her, our soul's journeys was to be medicine for each other. Mm. And she created a safe place for me. And I, because of my work, was cre able to create a safe space for her. Something that I never would have been able to do for anyone before or receive from anyone before. Yes. And we went through moments. We went through moments where our energies were so powerful, no mask could live in the relationship. So it would feel literally like, guys, like I was dying inside. Like everything was inside was because there was a mask that I was wearing or there was a mask that she was wearing. And unless we dropped out of here and dropped into our hearts, guess what happened? We would just feel horrible inside. Like I would feel, I can't live like this. I literally can't be with you. It's that profound what I feel. And then all it would take is one of us to drop into our hearts and it would just unlock and that mask would fall away. Yeah. And then I so, remember the first time I remember just laying there looking into her eyes and just feeling absolute nothing. Mm. Like, like, like time didn't exist. Space didn't exist. We didn't exist. Nothing. Like there was no thought, no feeling. It was just like silence and peace and everything and nothing and all of it in one beautiful moment. And I was like, holy shit, this is it. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is love. And I think, and I think I know, you can't get there until you are able to find it within yourself. Because you finding it within yourself gives the space and the freedom for someone else to find it within themselves. Mm -hmm. And you finding it with yourself gives you the space and freedom to accept it from someone else. And then that's why they call it falling in love because you, 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 you fall into it. You know, you don't climb. It's not something to do. You, you, you fall, you release, you open to it. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Let me ask you too, because as a therapist as well, like I'm thinking about all the clients that I'm working with and they, I don't want to say desperately because it's not that all of them are in this desperate search for it, but they look to us, like to me or to Danae or to you, and they say, I hear what you're saying. Like I hear it and I'm, I'm quote unquote doing the work, right? Like I am, I'm unraveling, I'm peeling back all these layers. I'm understanding my, my childhood and how that affected me. And, you know, I'm starting to rewire habits, all these things. And yet, like, what does that tangibly mean? Like I'll get asked this question, like when you say, drop into your heart. When you say, mm. you know, get out of your head, when I'm in relationship with, let's say my partner, and I feel that feeling of like, ugh, like I don't want to be in this, right? Like you just said, I feel that like icky grossness inside. Like this isn't real. We're behind a mask. What would you say to somebody who said tangibly, Danny, like, tell me, what does that yeah. look like in that moment for you? Yeah. So I would say, so a little side note to that, that is one of the beauties of plant medicine. Because, because when you're in the journey of plant medicine, you have no choice but to surrender. There's no ego, right? Do you, well, you can have an ego, but get ready. You're going to get the <laughs> shit. Yeah, that ego's going to get the shit kicked out of it. <laughs> just get ready, right? Right? Yeah. So, so, but when you just learn to surrender mm. and you just let the journey be the journey, 
that's when it goes smooth and that's when it goes beautiful. So, you know, a little side note for people who have ever heard like of their friends who had a, oh, they had a terrible experience with the medicine. It's not the medicine. It's the medicine. As a matter of fact, they got their medicine. That terrible experience was them realizing or coming face to face with their inability to let go of control. Mm. Right. So when you and your partner are here and you're fighting or, you know, you're disagreeing or whatever the case may be, right? It typically is coming from a perspective, a mask, a shadow, like control, for example, that you have been living from your entire life where you are wanting to control or manipulate or cause the other person to see it your way or have it like you would identify as safe or as peaceful, or as I've won, because some people live from that, right? And when two people are going through that, this is where arguments start, right? Arguments start from two people going head to head. What does it actually feel like? I'll tell you what it feels like. COVID. My brother, he's my middle brother. Um, him and I have always just butted heads. Hmm. And during COVID, I was Mr. No Vax, no masks, no nothing. He was the opposite. No one's right. No one's wrong. Well, there's a lesson in and of itself. No one is right. No one is wrong. As a matter of fact, everybody is right because they're right to themselves, right? And we would always find a way to argue and argue about something. So COVID presented another reason to argue. Sure enough, we were going to get together at another brother's house and we were going to have a little barbecue for the kids and the family. And um, my brother says something like, yeah, I just can't come around with me, my wife or the baby without a mask. If, if everybody's not going to wear a mask and we just won't come. What does my ego do? You know, it just starts going and going and doing what it does. Right. And then that was the moment I said, you know what? You're such an ass, Danny. Mm -hmm. you're such an ass because your way has to be the right way. And what you don't realize is that to him, that's what's going to keep his little daughter and his family safe. So the most unloving thing you could do is to try to push or force your way onto him. The most loving thing that you could do is to let go and surrender at whatever cost that means. So guess what I did? I showed up and I wore a mask. I made sure that all the kids wore a mask because I finally decided like, I don't want to like not love my brother the rest of my life. Like, this is done. I'm willing to do whatever it takes because I love him. I love him and I miss him and I, and I miss our relationship, you know? And so sure enough, then we go outside to the backyard. We go outside to the backyard. I thought innocently, honest to God, we were, we were outside. So I take the mask off and he goes, what are you doing? I go, Oh, I thought we were outside. And he looked at me with this look, you know, the look where the ego spikes up and goes like, we're about to fight because you're about to disagree with me because I think it's okay to be with the mask outside. And you, you know, you know, that look, right. And when I saw that look in his eye, I go, don't do it, Danny. Don't do it. Just let go. And I go, Oh, I'm sorry, bro. And I put it right back on because what I thought was right no longer mattered. You can either be right or you can be happy. You can either be right or you can be happy, but you cannot be both. So what does that look like in relationship? It looks like in that moment, whatever is going on, 
one of you has the courage to face the fear and to drop out of the conversation up here and drop into, I love you enough to let go of this space or this energy or this side of myself and I'm willing to be vulnerable. Meaning, I'm willing to potentially be hurt by you. Hmm. And that's what we're all afraid to do. And that's where you find love. You find love, true love in that vulnerability. Now, side note, side note. You got to be with someone that causes you the safety to be able to be vulnerable like that. You got to be with someone that when you drop into that vulnerability, senses it and goes, I'll meet you right there, baby. I'll right. meet you right mm-hmm. there. Can't be yeah. one-sided. Yeah. Yeah. I love so much that you did like the physical, those of you who are listening, Danny sort of pointed to his head when he was talking about his brother and like what he was about to get into. So like the ego being like our like rational mind. And then you sort of pointed to your heart in that space of I'm going to collaborate. I'm going to allow, I'm not going to need to be right. I'm going to surrender to my love for this person. And Mm -hmm. I do feel like that is the rise of the feminine and where we are shifting collectively is the ability to return to our hearts. And that's all of us. And um, I feel like you, Danny, to me are such a beautiful example of masculine leadership and what it looks like to move from that integrated space of a man who is, you know, speaking to how, we invite men to return back to their hearts and what that looks like. And you just spoke about safety. And I think that there's so much that you've said about, you know, pretending like men and women are the same is not actually serving us. And I think you've said it in some really brave ways. You know, um, you said like, I don't have a baby. My internal organs don't get pushed around for all of these months. And then I'm, I'm meant to like return to some sort of homeostasis. Like this hasn't just happened. I'm not like a woman and it isn't serving us in our relationships to pretend like we are the same and not being the same doesn't mean a lack of equality, but you know, I've had clients send me videos that you've said things about like, if I were a woman, I'd be damned if I'd be opening my doors. And like, people are like, Danae, do you agree with this? And I'm like, yeah, I actually do. Well, you know, and I, and I want to talk about that. It's so important because by the way, that was my most viral video ever. I'm sure. <laughs> I think like 25 million views, some, something ridiculous like that. But I know if you guys want to get really good at Instagram, you have to reach the unconscious. Yeah. Get a poke. That's the secret because the unconscious yeah. don't know how to ma- how to manage their emotions. Oh yeah, the unconscious the are ready to to be flared up. The unconscious are ready to fight. The unconscious are ready to defend because being unconscious literally means you sitting in a perspective that your ego has created, and you're mm-hmm. living life in a box, and you don't see yep. anything outside of that box. So you want to create viral videos, you must reach the people that live in that box because they don't know how to reflect back into anger and to fight and to type out and to say, well, you're wrong. And then, and then the, all you get to do is just sit back and relax mm. because nothing <laughs> yeah. in your video did anything wrong. Your video was just a video. Your video was <laughs> mirror to whatever's going on inside of them. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how this works. So now with that said, no, I wouldn't open my fucking door. No, 
<laughs> no, I would never pay for my damn meal. No, what kind of shit is that? If I was a woman, if I was a woman and I'm, I'm going to have to create a baby, house that baby inside of me, feed that baby, have to deal with a period every single month, right? Have to deal with my hormonal changes, my, my, mm. my body changing, have to deal with all of these changes inside of me. No, I would never open my damn door and I would never ever, I would never pay for a bill because that's your mm. responsibility. And the way I support you is to give life to you. And the way I support you is to love you with all of my heart and soul, right? And to encourage you in those moments when you feel doubt and you feel worry, right? That's how I would support you as a woman, right? And there's value in that. That's the problem. The problem is, is that the unconscious man doesn't see value in that. Mm. The unconscious mm. man only sees value in results, in money, in action, right? The conscious man sees value in what the unconscious man cannot even see because the conscious man is a spiritual being. So he realizes that when his woman is in his presence, the mere value of having her in his life, the mere value of her intuition, of her words, of her guidance, that is more valuable than anything he can ever imagine. And for that, he will provide. And for that, he will build. And for that, he will create a life that allows her to rest whenever she wants to rest and be whoever she wants to be because it's his honor to do so because she does the same thing for him. That's the way I will say. Works. I will say too, it, 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 I'm going to build on what you're saying because I don't just think it's the unconscious man. It's the unconscious woman too. And this goes because we live in an unconscious okay. society, right? Like money society. in our People. society, the current structure that we live under, right? The patriarchal, capitalistic, white supremacist society right. that we live in gives right. a lot of power to money. Money is the ultimate power. And so for eons at this point, women have been smash down because we didn't have that power, that right? Power. And so it makes yeah. sense from an ego perspective that women have been attempting to get some of that power, right? So because I can already imagine some women, and I, I'm only imagining the projections that came up and I can think about even my own mother, right? Like single mother struggling to provide bartending, you know, we were broke and I can imagine her being like, the fuck do you mean a man should just provide for me? Like I have to fucking provide for yeah. myself. I'm never going to let a man have that kind of power over me. Right. And so I just want people listening to understand that this is not like a finger pointing kind of thing. This is like, we got to be able to pull back and see societally. This is right. the mess that we've gotten ourselves in, but we all have to kind of come together if we want to change it, right? This is not like a, a man has to do this or a woman has to do that to fix it. It's like, we all have to come together to fix the imbalance it's, that's been created. I, I, yeah. I appreciate that you say that. And, and then I will tell you is that like, that is the journey. Like mm -hmm. that is the 3D world. It's been mm -hmm. set up. You can picture it like a video game. It's been set up a certain way and then you are born into it and then you are raised by it and then you get to decide basically, are you going to stay in it or are you going to grow and, and heal and awaken out of it, right? So for that woman, for example, right? That was my mom. My mom was a single mom, right? And my mom had to fend for herself and my mom had to feed three boys. So I get it. I, for that woman that's hearing me, she's going to be, well, you're, you're crazy. 
Yeah. You're crazy. I've never, I've never been shown once that a man will provide for me. Like, fuck off. You yeah, know, that's exactly. Be yeah. Yeah. Ready? But are you living from love or fear? If you, if you think that way, because mm -hmm. it, because it goes back, it goes back to what I originally said. You are either as a human being living from love or from fear. What does love do? What does a woman do? What does a woman in her nature do? If you ever want the answers to everything, turn off CNN, turn off the news, turn off the view, turn off all of this garbage. Just go into the privacy and the intimacy of your bed. Hmm. You want truth about life? What does a woman do in the act of sex? She receives. A woman opens and receives. What does a man do in the intimacy of the bed? A man enters and provides. So when you are not living life from the truth, right, of the mirror and the reflection that is the act of sex, you can clearly see it because it'll show up in your sex life because sex is the very thing that creates you and I. The very thing that creates you and I is the mirror for how we are living in our lives. So that woman who, for example, is afraid, right, or rejects a man's ability to be able to ever provide for her, number one, guess what she will attract? Men that cannot provide for her. Hmm. But number two, guess what she will also attract in relationship? A man that can't provide for her sexually either. Or emotionally. Because that's the story that she's living life from. Yes. And if you stay in that story, this is what I would tell you women, please listen to me. I say this from, from all of my love, from all of my love, because I saw my mother stay single and die alone. So I say this from love. Please hear me. You can hold on to that story. Blessings to you. You can hold on to that story that a man can't provide and that won't provide and that you have to provide for yourself. And, and, and damn it, rightfully so you have that story because of your life circumstances. And yet, real love is found just on the other side of fear. And it takes courage to find real love. It takes courage to face your fears. So you also, the same way you hold on to that story, you get to ask yourself this question. What would it look like for me if I finally let go and surrendered this story? What if there was a man out there that wanted to provide for me and create safety for me and love me for who it is that I really am? What would that look like? What would that feel like? What wounds inside of myself would I need to heal in order to energetically even allow that man to come into my space vibrationally? What would I need to become inside of myself? Who would I need to forgive in order to allow this man to come into my life? Do I need to forgive my father? You see, and it, it, it will always boil down to what do I have the courage to do or see or become? And who do I have the courage to, who do I have to have the courage to forgive? 
And what I have found in my work, which is why we built Awaken, my event around this, is we take people straight in, straight in spiritually to the energy of their mother, father, and all of their ancestors. Because when you can heal that, you heal your relationship with your mother and your father. You heal your relationship with yourself. When you heal your relationship with your mother and father, you heal the relationship with the masculine and feminine energies of God. You were literally healing your relationship with life itself. And so when your life opens up, your heart opens up. And when your heart opens up, you're now open to receiving and you're back into your feminine energy. Hmm. Danny, you just gave me so much clarity about something that I've been working through and writing about. And, you know, I've sort of been, you just described it on an individual level, right? Like that so much of what I think is happening and I hear you saying is that so many women, because of their pain points and generational trauma have not been in a space where they feel like it is safe to trust a man. Um, I know that was very much a part of my story and so many women that I sit with. But what I'm realizing is this is a collective pain point and this is a collective form of generational trauma in that there was a point where a patriarchal society demanded of men that they stop being the protectors of women. They allowed them to be burned alive at the stake. They allowed them to be harmed and you know, disregarded. And so women really learned it is not safe to trust the masculine. So I got to take over. I got to have me. I got to do this. Right. And so much of our work collectively, I believe as women is saying, we got to forgive the masculine. We got to come into right relationship with that pain point. I'm feeling the good. That's it. I'm, that's it. Same. Yeah. Yeah. That's it right there. Thank you for that. It, It is so profound what just happened and what is happening right now in this moment. Like we're, 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 we're tapping. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're tapping into consciousness and we're having a real, this is a powerful conversation for sure. It's making me and, 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 Yeah. And I, and I want to say this to the women out there. It's like, and I can only, you know, I would encourage you to not see me as a man for right now because separation, right? The energy of separation it's what it wants to do is it, it wants to divide. Mm-hmm. And so, so many women, I, I see the comments and they're like, you know, stop mansplaining. I don't even know what that means, by the way, but stop <laughs> mansplaining. And I love it when a man thinks he can tell me what to do. And I'm like, okay, don't see me as a man. See me as a woman, see me as a it, see me as a whatever. All I'm telling you is this is that until you learn to forgive and let go mm-hmm. and surrender, which I know is the scariest thing that anyone could ask of you. I'm just also telling you at the same time that you'll never fully be able to understand the beauty of life and the beauty and the power that you as a woman actually have. It's all connected. It's all attached. It's the puzzle. That's the puzzle of life, right? And and I, and I would just say this is that I've just had the honor as a human being to literally like break that puzzle apart and put it back together. And it's, I just want to help other human beings to do the same thing because life gets so much better and illness goes away and stress goes away and worriness goes away and it all just, it goes away. You don't, you don't need to have any of this stuff. It's so, it's <laughs> so, funny so emotional. I'm, and I'm so Danny for, you know, people who listen to us know that. So Danae and I 
we're best friends. We're both therapists. We met in grad school. We have a, we have a long history. And the joke is that, you know, we're the, each other's yin to each other's young. And like, I'm the New Yorker. I'm very kind of grounded. I tend to bring it to Taurus. I tend to be very like, bring it down to earth. And she <laughs> is like, you know, she's the go up in the woo woo. And sometimes she's I have to back And like, yeah. we balance each other well. You know, I, I can meet her that. there and she can meet me there. And the yeah. only reason I'm saying that is because I'm listening and there's hmm. such a, and I'm, I'm going to say this out loud because I know that I'm not the only one listening that's having this response, right? Because if hmm. I'm having this response, other people are having this response. I'm listening to you and there is such a large part of my being that is like right there. And I'm like, yes, hmm. this is it. And I'm tapping it and I'm feeling it. And then there is such a part of me and I can feel it in my stomach. There's this like tightness in my stomach. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting emotional, which is interesting, right? So we're tapping into something, which is going, fuck you. Don't fucking tell me to fucking surrender until you fucking prove to me that if I surrender, you're not going to take advantage of that and hurt me. Meaning not just hurt me like emotionally, but literally kill me, maim me, burn me at the stake, all the fucking things, right? Because we still know to this day, men are the number one killer of women. Number one cause of death for women is men. Right. So there is that like primal instinctual part of me as a woman that's going like, okay, then fucking prove to me that you Mm -hmm. won't fucking kill me literally (laughs) if I fucking surrender. Right. So I say that because it's such a dueling part because I am on the journey. I have done so much of this work. And yet as a woman, right, there is still that I have to survive part of me. And there's the ancestral trauma that comes up that is like, yes, I want to do that. And how do I let go of this like real survival fear? You know? Yeah. I have a lot to say about that. Um, <laughs> Please. Can I <laughs> say something real quick before yeah, you yeah, do, Danny? Because yeah. I want to hear what Danny's thought is about this. I don't think your surrender is to a man. I think your surrender is to the divine. And I think that to me is the distinction. I think that that is what we are doing out of order, but Danny, what, <laughs> what does that bring up for you? Yeah. For, first off, thank you for being so like vulnerable. Like I, I, I honor you for that. And, you know, mm. uh, and, and, and for all of you ladies out there, you know what, or men listening, cause I hope men are listening to this, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, that, that takes courage, right. To mm-hmm. like just your truth. And, and whenever you think about what's going, you know, like wrong in your relationship, it's because people don't have the courage to just be their authentic truth. And so the way you mm-hmm. saw Vanessa just do that, like, look, on one side, there's this, but on the other side, that's, that's, that's the sweetness. That's the sweet mm-hmm. spot right there. Right. So Vanessa, here, here's the catch. The catch is, is that when a human being is wounded, right. And a human being is living in their shadow. And a human being has constructed a life where essentially they're living from the outside in. You can see it externally. And what I mean by that is that look at society today. Vaping is popular. Smoking is popular. Alcohol is popular. Glamour is popular. Red bottom shoes are popular. Louis Vuitton purses are popular. For men, it's Mercedes, Lamborghinis, and Ferraris, and gold Rolexes, and success and power. And for women is, you know, uh, altering themselves and changing their bodies, so forth and so on. Essentially, what the human being is saying without knowing it, because they're not conscious of it, is life is happening from the outside in. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Right? When you want to unravel the whole puzzle, and I'm telling you this, I can feel this like people tonight, source is going to move into people's lives who are open to really receiving what I'm about to tell you. You start to realize that life is actually happening from the inside out. And so the last straw of the ego to defend and keep the guard up and keep someone safe, in this case of a woman, the last final straw before the heart is, okay, hold on, you prove it to me. You prove it to me because if you prove it to me, then guess what? That it means that my life and my safety and my love is dependent upon someone else. And that's too scary. And I know you're going to let me down. So whew, that was safe. You prove it to me. And then what Danae said is actually the truth. When you go just beyond that and you go, and you go, no, no, I trust. I'll prove it to myself. I'll prove it to myself. And from that proving it to myself, I will start vibrating at a new energy and I will become a new version of myself that the only kind of man that I could possibly attract is the kind of man that could prove it to me, but I don't need him to prove it to me because I finally get it now. I'm the creator. I'm the one. I'm the one that's been creating this the entire time. And that man shows up and you'll feel it. You'll feel it right then and there. Or you won't. You'll know. You'll know. And you'll know literally by people's energy. You'll know to feel safe or not feel safe. And guess what, ladies? If you don't feel safe, walk away. Get to that space of power where you don't need someone else. Because guess what? You don't. Because you're you're a you're a fucking queen. You are just below God. You make life. It's how powerful you are. And by the way, don't let the ego tell you, but what if I don't plan to have kids? Stop. That's the ego. No, I'm telling you the truth of who you are as a woman. Is you are love. You are life in and of itself. And if you look at the manipulation of the 3D system, it, Vanessa, it even goes deeper than that. Go into religion and look at what, tell me one religion that tells you that God is a woman. Tell me one. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. It's all on purpose. God just happens to be a man. Mm-hmm. Has to be a man. Has to be a man. Of course it does. Because the masculine is up here. It's in the mind. So if you can tell everybody that God is a man, you can manipulate the mind. You can control the masses. And tell them not to listen to anything below the below the neck. Right? Exactly. And you can tell them that anything that doesn't fit in this little paradigm and in this little box is evil and it's afraid and it's scary and it's new age. So don't listen to that. It's all by design to keep you away from your heart and the truth of who you really are. And that takes courage, guys. Sorry, I know you didn't. I know you weren't expecting to listen to this. If you're listening right now, I don't, I don't mean to interject in your journey in any other way other than to tell you, I'm telling you, when you go deep and you unravel it all, it's no longer about having the man prove to you that, that, that he can trust you. By the way, the right man will, but not because you need him to, because it's just who his essence is. It's just who his being is. It's just, it's just who he is. When I first met Jen, shit, Jen was like a hot dude. <laughs> Jen, Jen was like Jen was like the most masculine 
woman I had ever met in my life. And you know what the crazy thing is? The crazy thing is I was the most feminine little bitch that I had ever met in my life too. You know why? Because in every area of my life, I'm just, Hey, I keep it real. I keep it real. In every oh, area of my life, coming out. <laughs> in every area of my life, I was powerful, mm-hmm. successful in business, lifting the weight strong, had the money, had it all. Yeah. But when it came to women, since my mom didn't know how to love me, guess what? I, I would do anything. I would tiptoe. I would, I would, I would, I would do it all. Right. And so I would drop in my family without knowing it. Mm-hmm. And what happened, I'll tell you guys the story is we met after three years, she was in her masculine and I was in my feminine and it just was like, yee, there was no polarity, nothing happened. And that was it. It was over. And I was like, my heart was broken. My heart was broken. I left. It just so happened that I had already decided to book her to be the yoga teacher at my event. And it gave me another 30 days. And I was so brokenhearted that I went into like the depths of who I am as a man. And I started to realize that like, mm-hmm. you know what? I've been afraid. I've been afraid of losing and nowhere else in my life. Am I afraid of losing other than in this one area, this area called women. Mm. And I went in and I did some work and I was like, I don't care anymore. I love this woman, but if she doesn't see me for who I am, shit, that's, that's kind of her bad. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to choose me. And then when she came to the event, and we were able to, essentially, she was able to see me for who I was. And I was able to see myself for who I was and see her for who. It's like the energy shifted. She dropped into her feminine. I rose into my masculine. And I remember I wasn't even expecting it. I was like, look, we're just friends. I don't want anything with you anymore. Like, it's over. That story is gone in me. And I remember one night she goes, should we talk about feelings? This was after four days, like, just hanging out around each other. And, and my ego thought, what do you mean feelings? I thought we were just friends. And then she starts sharing a little bit more. And this is for you men out there. I remember she, she'll tell you the story to this day. I said, listen, whatever happens, I'm not attached. Like, uh, I think you're wonderful, but, but I'm okay. If, if something works with us, great. And if something doesn't, whatever. And that gave her the safety and the space to be able to come in, right? Mm-hmm. The non-attachment gave her the room to then like, come in and then that's where everything happened and that's that's where it all began you know because you're in that healthy masculine yeah Uh, you know i wanted to thank you some for something danny you posted a few weeks ago um talking about you and jen and while you were talking about the notebook i don't know if you remember this but you were saying when i saw the notebook i said to myself that I want that type of epic love or I will be alone for the rest of my life. And I cannot tell you, I feel like the divine was speaking to me through you because I have said, I want something that is a once in a lifetime, divinely orchestrated, cannot deny it love. And if it's not that, I'm not interested. I don't want it. And I can't tell you, everybody thinks I'm crazy. (laughs) And I'm like, that's okay. But okay. it just felt so unbelievably affirming. And thank you for that post because it really meant a lot to me. And um, but it, I think but there it, is but something. It was, it was true though, Danae, it was true. Like it was, mm. you know, if I could share with everybody, that's one thing I'll, I'll tell you is that like, 
you know, all of this social media stuff is, is, is nuts to me. Like I remember being a version of myself that used to buy followers, buy views, try, try, try anything imaginable to like get people to like follow my account. And like nothing grows that way. And I, I started to realize through my journey, it's that I was just being the most unauthentic version of myself mm -hmm. you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And then the more and more that I started to unravel, the more and more that I started to just be me for who I really am and say things like, that's my truth. That's my honest to God truth. Like if mm -hmm. I don't get that kind of love, I just will be by myself and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with that, you know? Uh, that's when everything started to explode for me. Um, and I would just tell people is that, you know, settling is an energy. And when you settle in one area of your life, you settle in every area of your life. Mm. And I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to just speak raw and real with you guys. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a successful guy and like, you know, I'm not the ugliest dude on the planet. So like I could somehow say, you know, women are going to be attracted to me. Right. And I was in like my prime of being single. And I'm only sharing this with you guys to, to show you, like, I just wouldn't settle. Mm -hmm. And so I would go on a date. And when you are connected to your truth and your source, right. And, 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 and your heart, you know, and within three seconds, I knew. And so then as a man, I had to, honor that truth in myself and also respect that woman that I was with, which is what most men do not know how to do because they don't think with here or with here. They think down there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had to honor that. And I had to honor it, not just for myself as a man, but for my calling, for my calling to help people and to help women in their spiritual journey. Because how could I help someone else if I don't have control over what's going on inside of me? You know? And so I could remember going on dates and I remember just like knowing like, no. And then I would just do what I say that I do. I would buy them an incredible meal. I have a wonderful time, wonderful conversation. And I would, you know, just gently say goodbye. And, and that, and that was it. But I was truthful with myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you start being that truthful with yourself, you'll be amazed. Like when you decide to not settle in your relationship, you'll no longer settle in your money and you'll no longer settle in your health. And you'll just no longer settle in your life. And when you get there, guess what the universe goes? Oh, shit. This dude or this girl ain't playing around. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's send them some good stuff then, you know? And that's, that's the way it happens. Oh, Danny, my goodness. You are <laughs> such a gift. Um, <laughs> well, we want to be respectful of your time. So we're going to go into our lightning round of questions. I feel like we could keep you forever. <laughs> but, um, let's do it. Do it. The first question that we ask is who have been your greatest teachers, mentors, people who have impacted your journey, either people that you've known personally or just their work has influenced you? Yeah. Wow. There were, there's, there's three people. One was the pastor that told me that if I was going to go through with my divorce, that I would lose all of God's blessings on my life. And I say that because in that moment, that was the moment. That was the moment of courage for me. That was the moment when I essentially saw a man trying to mm -hmm. manipulate me through the energies of guilt and shame. And mm -hmm. I realized like, I don't know what love is yet. 
but I know what it's not. And it's not that. Yes. And if you're saying that, you can't be with him. No. Hmm. By the way, I don't know if you're a him. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't be that you're a him because I came from a him and a her. And by the way, I don't think you're up there. I'm starting to realize you're kind of everywhere. And in this moment, what I realize is that what you just said is not love. Mm -hmm. And I may not know what love is, but I want to go find it. And I want to go find the truth. Not the truth that you're trying to tell me. Not the truth that I have to have faith in or that I have to believe in. I want to find the truth that I know, that I know, the truth that can be proven. Mm-hmm. Because truth doesn't require faith and truth doesn't qu- require belief. Truth is, mm-hmm. and it ends there. So I thank him because he changed my life because he gave me the space and he gave me the gift of that moment where, where my journey, you know, really like took off. The second was Dr. Meltzer. I attracted this wonderful old Jewish man who um, was financially wealthy. He worked 20 hours a week. And when I was at my most vulnerable, it's literally like I met him in the two-year span of my life where I was becoming this new version of me. And, he, and, I, and, I, and I paid him and I would drive two hours to go meet him once a week. And I would just listen there like a student. And he taught me everything that I am today, quite frankly. I mean, that mm. Dr. Meltzer, I know you're out there somewhere, but I, I love him. He's gone now. But mm. it, I feel as though source plopped him into my life just to help teach me these lessons. And without him, I would not have attracted Jen, by the way, because he would speak to me the way I speak to you guys right now with such profound truth that it's like, you can't hide from it. You can't, you can't, you can't run from it. It's going to do something to you. And it would move me in ways where it was like my ego would try to deny what he say. And then I would say, Oh my God, but he's right. He's right. And then the third is my mom because because my mom I wouldn't be here without my mom and my mom now that I realize it all my mom my mom came here knowing that she was going to pass the way that she passed to anger me just enough at all things life to cause me to be able to go on a journey for truth. And, and it was a soul contract. It was a soul contract that she had. And, um, and yeah, and I would say my mom. Yeah. Mm. So those, those would be the three. It's beautiful. So the second question is really around this concept of flow, right? Whatever that means to you, whether that means being in alignment, whether that means being kind of working from the divine, like what is flow for you? So what is that thing that you're doing where, you know, you kind of blink your eyes and you're like, hours have gone by, you didn't notice it, or you just feel like you're a channel, right? Like what are you doing or what is that experience for you? You know, I think in many ways, if you go back to this podcast, Mm-hmm. And you listen back, there were definite moments of flow and there were right. definite moments of the divine speaking through all of us. Um, and I think flow is a state of just allowing, 
you know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. flow is the opposite of control. So flow is you getting into an energetic space in your life where you no longer need to control and you're just, you're just kind of able to be and to exist and exist in the truth of who you are, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. and so, um, and so, yeah, I, I think that when you were in flow, um, all things sort of just kind of show up for you at the right time and the right people show up for you um, and the right conversations and the right meetings show up to you um, in order to align you with your purpose and your highest good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I feel like since we've started doing this podcast, the even my internal experience or understanding of flow has shifted into more of what you're saying. Like it used to be, Oh, when I'm doing this thing, I experience right. flow. And now it's like, actually I experience flow all the time. So long as I'm living from that aligned space. Right. right. And that's like, it's been a real shift, I think, um, in my, I don't know, in my experience. So thank you for articulating that. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And Danny, um, what breaks your heart? Ah, oh, so much. Injustice breaks my heart. Um, hatred breaks my heart. Uh, seeing a human being not live their life to the fullest potential breaks my heart. Um, seeing a human being that is ill when they don't need to be ill, that is sad when they don't need to be sad, um, that is, that is, uh, yeah, like, you know, if I think about it, if I let myself go, the whole thing breaks my heart, you know, quite frankly, because I know, I know a human being's full potential and truest potential. And I know that the only thing keeping them from that is their, their thoughts about that and their thoughts about who they are. And that's my life's work, quite frankly. You know, my, my, my life's work is that is helping human beings to realize their, their truest potential. So, mm, so yeah. And the final one is a doozy. The final one is what is your favorite food? My, <laughs> my favorite. So I follow this crazy diet where I fast 23 hours a day. And I only eat once a day. So, oh. yeah. So my, so my favorite food. Yeah, I know. I know. My favorite food is this simple. It, my favorite food is simple, quite frankly. Yeah. My favorite food is just my two cups of jasmine rice and my vegan curry of some sort that I make every day. With a little bit of pink Himalayan salt. And I like to have that every day. And, that's, and I just mix up the curry part. And that's it. That's my favorite food. I, I keep it simple. I commend you. Yeah. I commend you. I'm, oh my God. I'm like such a food person. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I could do only one hour a day. I'm like, how do I get in all the things that I want to do? <laughs> you start to sweat thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Danny, I, I want to say to you, I just so deeply believe in expanders and that there are people who give us a vision of what is possible. And I think that you 
are one of the most profound expanders, just living in the fullest embodiment of your soul's essence. Truly, I'm so grateful um, for the way that you are showing up in this life. It's given me and I know so many others permission to do the same. You are truly a gift. Thank you for coming on and, and just sharing your gift with us. It means so much to me, truly. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate both of you, you know, having me here. Uh, and I appreciate profound conversations more than anything. So yeah. I love the space that you guys are holding. Uh, I, I'm so freaking happy and grateful that we were able to, to, to speak like this and, and to, you know, for, for all of you that are out there listening, you know, um, I would say, you know, share these wonderful women's work with all of your friends because, um, they're doing something really special here you know, really special. And I say that not to say that I say that because for me to tap in to the flow of what happened here, it's because of your guys's energy. You know, mm -hmm. you guys need to know that that doesn't just happen, right? Because I'm on podcasts when they ask questions, and I'm like, hey, 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 hey. as much as I don't as much as I don't want to be that right. But there was something mm -hmm. about beauty of your guys's energy that allowed me to really tap in. So so thank you to you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for signing yeah. up. Awesome. Mm. Thank you so much, Danny. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Danny. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast. Mm -hmm.